You ever had a struggle memorizing scripture? All of us have had that struggle. Um, I wish I could tell you, here's three things you can do. Boom, boom, boom. And scripture, scripture memory or, or, or any memorization becomes easy after that. But it's just not. And for some, it's harder than others. Uh, <clears throat> I used to have trouble <clears throat> in school with math. I, I didn't like math. Let me say it that way. I didn't have that much trouble with it. I just didn't like it because it made no sense to me. Why N plus R equals Z? You know, I, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. I had no, no, no qualms there. We got into algebra, um, and that's as far as I wanted to go as well. Um, because my grades started to suffer in algebra. But I, I just couldn't memorize the formulas. If you don't memorize the formulas, you're, you're toast. Uh, and don't, don't memorize a lot of things in school, now you're toast. But it, it was a struggle for me to memorize those formulas. And I, but with any, it, with any memorization and any, and any learning, really, of any kind at all, the great vehicle is repetition. If we are repetitious with our, with our nose in this book, we're going to... Even sometimes without trying, we're going to memorize enough scripture to where there's some takeaway and there's some nuggets that, that we'll, wow, that's cool. I need to lock that away. And the more we come back to that verse or back to that passage or back to that story or back to that chapter or however we're studying the scripture, and we'll talk about that today a little bit later, we're going to have some, have some takeaways that we will be able to lock away and memorize even without trying. But it comes with repetition. If there's not enough repetition, there's not going to be enough, very much memory. Uh, or memorization, it, more repetition, more memorization. Now, there are tools you can help to to, to, to help you with, me, with memorization. One is visual visualization, and I'm I'm s- somewhat okay with that. If I see somebody do something, I think I can do that. I think I can replicate it. If you're sitting down and tell me about it, you know, here's how this comes apart. And there's thir- these 13 pieces that come apart, and you've got to put it back together in order, 1 through 13, and forget about it. If you're telling me that, if I'm seeing it and somebody can take these pieces apart, I can put it back together for them. So I'm, I'm kind of a visual learner like that. So, so oftentimes if you can visualize, I visualize, in fact, where Scripture is on the page. I've got uh, several copies of Scripture, this one and, and another one that I use for the most part a lot. And, and so as I'm, mem- as I'm trying to think of chapter and verse, I can, I can visualize in my mind where the verse is, which column it's in, how far down the page is it on the right or the left. And so visual, visualization will help with memory as well. But this is a book that we're going to see today to be searched and studied. It's a book to know more. It's a book to memorize. It's a book to, to have some takeaways at every exposure. And we're going to see this just in a moment, too, as we talk about, read, read a passage about treasure, how many treasures are here. Um, I think what, what you're going to find with repetition is the treasures are going to be more frequent. They're going to be more, more uh, bedrock. I mean, they're going to be more, more substantive. And so even in the same passage sometimes, I mean, I, I find myself going back to a passage that I've read dozens of times, 50 times, and I'll see something brand new in that passage that I've never seen before in a word, in a phrase, in the context of where it is and how it's written, who it's written to. And, and you know, and I'll just kind of step back and say, we have an incredible, this is an incredible book and we have an incredible God who will take us to, the, to, to sameness that we have looked at over and over and over again and give us something new out of sameness. Now, only God can do that. But this is a spiritual book. It's a book to be searched and studied. So the more hunger, hunger we have for it, the better we're going to do at it. So let's look at, uh, at four things, and I'm going to give you some tools as we go by. I promise you I would do that, and I'm going to do that this morning. Let's look at four things, or a couple of things about search and a couple of things about study. Our search of the Bible, first of all, will never disappoint. 
our search of the Bible will never disappoint. Look at this passage with me in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, that's that, that memorization, that going back to the words, accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as a silver and search for it as, as if for his hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Great formula here in Proverbs chapter 2. If you'll accept my words, store my commands within you, give your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. In other, in other words, if you, keep, if you just keep coming back, you're going to get it. You can't get it at one sitting, but you've got to keep coming back. If you, if you come back and come back and come back again and again, he says you're going to come away with understanding and you'll come away with hidden treasure. So you, you search for hidden treasure as it will. You'll understand it, he says. You'll find it. It's his desire, we've looked at this before, but it's his desire that you know him and that you know his ways. That's the desire of his heart. So how do we, how do we get there? The vehicle to knowing him and knowing his ways is getting our nose in this book. Um, though maturity is a process, it's a process that ends, Proverbs says here, a process that ends in wisdom. Now, it's a process based on sometimes um, hardship. It's a process sometimes based on upbringing. If you, can, if you, if you were brought up, fortunate enough to be brought up in a home like I was brought up into where the word of God is is in front of you all the time it's spoken about all the time it's it's taught uh, you know it's referenced all the time uh people are it, it, it's 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 a way of life for you if you're fortunate enough to be brought up in that kind of environment then you're going to that it's going to be an easier process for you to transition into your own home into your own kids into your own life and your own world the word of God and maturity is going to be an easier process because it's been sown in in childhood to, to where this book matters. It's the standard by which we live. It's the, it's the process by which we make decisions. It, ha- it contains all wisdom. If we know that, we're going to keep going back to it. Even in adolescent years, years when we're stupid and we think we know everything, but we know absolutely nothing, we can find ourselves going back to it and finding, wow, this is cool stuff. And so I, I, did I not realize it was here or have I just looked over it? And so we, we start to glean it because we grow hungry for it or we find ourselves in a hard place. Sadly, that's a process of maturity as well, is walking through a hard place and, and not looking for escape, as we've talked about so many times before, but looking for what? Not asking why. Why am I here? How do I get out of this? But God, here I am in a hard place. I'm in the middle of cancer or I'm in the middle of divorce or I'm in the middle of a, a physical Ill, Ill will, or I'm in the middle of a relationship that's not working, or a boss that don't understand me, or I'm in the middle of a hard place. And maturity is found in the middle of a hard place when we stop asking why, or how do I get out of here, and say, God, what? What do I need to learn from here? What do I need to take away? What's my glean from this? I know that I'm here for a reason. I know that everything in my life has either been directly caused by you or allowed by you. You've sifted everything through your hands that comes into my life. I know there's a design to this. I don't want to miss the design. I don't want to miss the, re- the reason. I don't want to miss the lesson. What's the lesson? So maturity is a process, and wisdom is the reward. But here's the, here's the vehicle. God always feeds the hungry, and that's what he's talking about in this passage in Proverbs. He always feeds the seeker, always feeds the searcher. If you're seeking, if you're searching, if you're hungry, he's going to feed you. Now, will he feed you with the same thing to every person? No, because we're in different situations of life. He may feed us from the same verse 12 different ways to 12 different people. That's the, that's the uniqueness of God's Holy Spirit, how he can take a living and active word, and we'll look at that in just a moment, and do different things with it in different people's lives based on the needs of those different folks and where they find themselves in, the situation they find themselves in. So it's a unique book in the fact that, that God does that in that way, but he will always feed the hungry. 
He will always feed the searcher and the seeker. Uh, and you'll, you'll discover in these treasures, he talks about there in verse 4, and search for it as for a hidden treasure, knowing that there's something of value to be found there and not just accidentally slipping upon it. And so, and God's faithful to do that sometimes if we'll accidentally kind of slip up and find a verse that means something to us. But if we search for it as for a hidden treasure, he says here, you're going to find it. And you're going to take away understanding. It's going to become a treasure book to you. It's going to be something that you go stick your nose in and say, I know there's good here. <laughs> and not only is there good here, I know there's richness here and there's reward here and there's wisdom here. And I'm not going to leave until I find it. I'm not going to, give, I'm, I'm not going to abandon this book. I'm going to keep searching until I see those things God wants me to see. There is some tenacity required in you and I for us to glean reward, for us to glean wisdom, for us to glean understanding. We've got to keep keep the repetition up but here's one of the first tools i want to show you um it's, it's called if you'll go to just one word.com here's there's kind of the, the 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 home page that you'll see and you can download the app uh, on a phone or on a on a tablet and it's a bible it's, it's basically a, a a a resource tool beyond scripture but it's a scriptural tool here's a couple of screenshots too um, that's what the, the scripture looks like on, on your phone. And, uh, and that's the, the same program I have on my phone. And there's the, there's the, if you, if you click that, uh, and this don't, this won't work. So don't try this up there, chemo. But if you click those three bars on the left, it's going to give you a menu profile. And then here's, here's your menu. And there are, there are search parameters in, in, in just one word that, that are really good. Uh, you can type in a word or a phrase or a, or a, a concept even. And it will give you uh, quite a few verses. You can search by Old Testament, by New Testament, by both. Um, there's there's uh, today's reading. There's a there's a, a, a uh, there's a devotional that's already outlined with 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 scripture and with some takeaways from scripture. A daily devotional. There are additional books that that are available. Some some for purchase. Some are free. And this is totally totally free app. Now you can download the, the exhaustive app that is that gives you s- s- additional uh, tools, study tools that comes with it for. Like three ninety nine or something, four ninety nine. Uh, Leanne downloaded the full app on her on her iPad, and I, I have the free one on my phone. But the free one's pretty doggone good. Anyway, it's it's a great way to take scripture, scripture with you, <clears throat> and to learn to memorize it because you have it in your hand all the time. You can sit down with it at lunch and say, "Okay, here's some verses." But just just one word is the uh, is the name of that app. You can go to justoneword.com or, or or go to the app store. And download that. If you don't have it, some of you already have Bible apps on your phone. That's great if, you, if you're using them. The thing I like about this is that, uh, uh, is that it's so user-friendly for one, but it's fairly, the search parameters are really, really good. If you're, if you're looking for a, you know, I got a friend that's going through X, Y, or Z, and I can type in that word or that phrase or a, a piece of a verse that I may know, and it'll give me probably, in some cases, 8 to 10 to 12 verses that I can go and look at and figure out, okay, is, is this, does this meet the need? So that's a really good resource and tool. Uh, Leanne and I both use that regularly. And if, if you already have a Bible app that you use and you like, stay with it. If you don't, that's a great one to, to download and stick on your phone or stick on your, uh, on your, on your tablet or, or even on your computer as well. The search of the Scripture will never disappoint. Secondly... Our search of the Bible, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 4, our search of the Bible will be a search of ourselves. Our search of the Bible will be a search of ourselves. Look at what Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 say. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is living and active, 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it says in this. In this. And that's just, just what he's saying. It cuts through the heart of the matter. The scripture cuts through. It cuts through the clutter. It cuts through the political correctness. It cuts through the, the doublespeak. It cuts through the spin. It cuts through all of it to find the truth. The scripture cuts both ways. It's a double-edged sword. It, and, it, and the cutting sometimes is for those who need the cutting. And the cutting sometimes, will, there's a blade facing us. He said it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes the blade faces away from us for those who need the word from Scripture. Sometimes it's a blade that faces us to cut back into our lives to, to remind us here's where you are and here's where, here's where you're falling short. It helps to reveal what's truth from what's a lie. Uh, he says it's, 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 in fact, it gets to the heart of the matter quicker than anything I know Scripture does. You want, you want to divide a crowd real quick? Start reciting Scripture. <laughs> Gee, I've got somewhere I've got to go. I mean, it'll, it, it, will, it's, it cuts through. It, it, it cuts to the heart of the matter in a situation, and people can't, they'll, they'll try sometimes to argue with it, but there's really, there's really no argument with the Scripture. Uh, we, can, we can discount its importance and its value, but it speaks for itself in what it is. Um, it judges, he says here, the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What's he saying? He says, Scripture will always get to the motive. It will always reveal the motive of what's going on. If we'll look for it and see it in that light, it will, even in our own <laughs> Whether we like it or not, in our own self, it will reveal to us our own, our own, uh, our own situation. So, do you want to know what your weaknesses are? Do you want to know what your vulnerabilities are? The scriptures going to reveal those, and I'm going to tell you, I want to know that. There was a time in my life where I didn't because I, I thought, well, that's just a sign of weakness. I want to know my weaknesses. I want to know my vulnerabilities. And here's why: I faced the enemy enough in my life that I, he knows where my weaknesses are. He knows where my vulnerabilities are, and if I know that ahead of time, guess what? I can shore those up. And I say, all right, bring it on. I've got some ammo now that I can. But he knows my weaknesses and vulnerabilities, so why would I not want to know that? Why would I not want to say, okay, God, where am I most, where would he attack me when, I, when I'm most vulnerable, when I'm weakest? And what, what can you give me? What are some great takeaways from Scripture that will cut to the motive of where this really is, cut to the heart of it, and deal with him in truth to tell him you're a liar. You're the father of every lie, and here's what the Scripture says about you and about this situation. He'll run. I'm going to tell you, the enemy cannot handle Scripture. He'll run from it every time. If we'll know it, if we'll lock it away and spout it back at him, he'll run and leave us alone. Will he come back later? <laughs> yeah, he will, because he wants to defeat us. But in those moments, when we're tempted, in those moments when we're hurting, when we're searching, he comes after us because he knows we're weak. And if we'll, if we'll come back at him with the Word of God, he'll, we'll win. So, do you want greater discernment? Here's the vehicle to greater discernment, Hebrews says. It cuts through. It, 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 it cuts through the clutter and the chase and, the, and, as I said, the political correctness and the doublespeak in our society. I just wish people would be honest, don't you? I mean, I, I'm not a, and I'm not going to get real political with you here uh, because I, I, I want to encourage you to vote according to Scripture and how the Holy Spirit leads you. But I think one of the things that has enamored the public about Donald Trump is he just spouts it like it is, whether it's good or bad, and sometimes it's bad. But he just spouts it like it is. There's no political correctness with him, and part of that, I think, is refreshing to the public. I think that's, that's, that's why so many people are, why he's number one in the polls right now, and it's blown me away that he's number one in the polls because of things that come out of his mouth sometimes. But I think, I think it's that way because he, he cuts through all the political correctness and the doublespeak that most politicians want to cloud their language with because they're so careful. 
I want to be politically correct all the time. And he says, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to tell you what I think. You can either agree with it or not agree with it. And some things I agree with, some things I don't agree with. But he's saying, here's the way it is. And here's why. I think that's refreshing. And I think people find that refreshing in us when we'll tell the truth and speak the truth. Now, we don't have to, you know, be bombastic with it. But if we'll speak the truth and share with people, here's, here's what's truth in this from what's a lie. Here's what's right from what is wrong. Uh, our world is getting grayer and grayer and grayer and grayer by the moment. And somebody who believes and speaks in black and white stands out for Christ. And we'll tell you the vehicle to that is having enough confidence in what God's Word says to be able to speak it into situations culturally and circumstantially to where God will use it. And he'll come back uh, with, he said, his, never, his Word never re- returns void to him. So you want greater discernment. Here's the vehicle to greater discernment. You want to know what's right from wrong. You, know, you want to know what's a good situation from a bad, whether I should buy this house or not, whether I should p- pursue this career or not, whether I should make this job change or not. Those are discernment questions. You know, you know where we get discernment? From the, from the Scripture. Come back to God's Word. We just saw in Proverbs where he says it's the source of all wisdom. We want wisdom? Go back to the Scripture. Want to make decisions correctly? Get our, get our nose back in this book. It's, 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 it's the vehicle to, to revealing wisdom. It's the, the vehicle to revealing, to revealing motive, uh, to explaining and exposing what is truth from what's a lie. It's, it, it is our source. So here's another be, uh, 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 help source for you. This is, in fact, probably, in my view, the, the greatest uh, resource that I could, could point you to or tell you about. It's called BibleGateway.com. Uh, you can search. I use this every week, usually several times a week, in fact. And you can search, as I say, by keyword, by passage, by topic. You can type in a, type in a scripture search. It'll bring it up it'll, much the same way as just one word. You can type in a phrase. It'll bring up a phrase. It'll bring up things that apply to that. In addition to that, there's so many additional resources that are available at Bible Gateway uh, that it is, it's like a library in and of itself. There are lexicons there. There, there. there are theological writings there. There are commentaries there that will give you a deeper search into the Scripture. If you want to see what, what theologians think or say or interpret how they interpret this passage or this verse or even this word, you can break that down there. It's, there, there are interlinear Greek and English New Testaments there or, or, Old Test- or Hebrew and, and uh, English Old Testaments there. You can break uh, Scripture down by word by word if you want to or phrase by phrase even. So you can see the context that it was written in. Great, great resource for you. Uh, BibleGateway.com, as I said, if you, if you want to go deeper, there's a vehicle to going deeper and some tools that are there available to you. And, and I, I, would, I would heartily uh, encourage you to do that. It's, um, there are extensive search parameters there, devotionals there as well, daily devotions you can sign up for and, and receive every day by way of email. So that's a great, great tool. And I want to encourage you to, to avail yourself of that. Those are two search tools for you and, and two ways that, that the Bible talks about searching it out and, and, and being persistent at it, tenacious even at it. Our search will never disappoint, and our search will always be a search of ourselves. It may point, the Scripture may point back to us oftentimes when, we're, when we need it, and we do. But our study, let's just go into that. Our study, first of all, should be a lifestyle. Our study of His Word should be a lifestyle. I'll turn to De- Deuteronomy. Um, chapter 11, and let's see what he says here in verses 18 to 21. De- Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. 
Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord, in the land the Lord swore to give your fathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. He says here to, to fix these words of mine in your heart, to literally to affix, which really means to cement. Uh, cement your thinking, in essence he's saying, cement your thinking around the reference point of Scripture. Fix your mind on these things. Make sure these things are bedrock things, that they're foundational things. He said that, that the Scripture should be the foundation by which you, you, you refer and make decisions and, and, and talk about and, and go about life and, and, and have, have uh, opinions or, or principles or, or ways in which you live and make decisions or do your job or way in which you parent, the ways in which you handle money, the ways in which you have friends. It should be the bedrock foundation for all of those kinds of things. He said, fix these things in your heart. And not only that, he says, tell them to your children. He says, there is multi-generational benefit to having our nose in Scripture and knowing what it says and understanding it and getting it. Um, the benefits here are multi-generational. The consequences are also multi-generational. If you, ha- if you, if you consider yourself to be spiritually anemic, you know what's probably going to happen? Your kids are probably going to be spiritually anemic. And their kids are probably going to be spiritually anemic. Why? Because we never found ourselves a regular student with repetition, coming back, coming back, coming back, never found ourselves a student of the Scripture. So consequently, our kids never saw that. And because they never saw it, their kids never saw it. And we think, gee, is, is, the, is the next, second, third generation paying for my own? Sure, that happens. Because, but he's saying you're just as, a, as the payment and the consequences are there. The benefits are there, too. He says this, this will, if you sow them, if you talk about them when you're sitting at home, he says in this passage, when you're, when you're sitting down, when you're lying down, talk about them as you're eating around the table. He says if you're talking about biblical things, your children are going to get that and will glean the good from it. Not only will they, but their children as well. Multi-generational benefit here in, in doing this. So the more we understand his word, I want you to get this, the easier it is, and he talks about that in this passage, the more we understand his word, the easier it is to, first of all, express joy. And we just had the opportunity to do that here this morning as we worship God. It's a great vehicle to express our joy back to him for God, you're good and you're God and there's nobody like you and you are, you're worthy of our worship, you're worthy of all that we have to bring. So it's, it's easier to express joy when we find ourselves in a, in a consistent way in, in, in studying God's word and talking about it and sharing it with, with the generation behind us. Secondly, it's, it's a greater vehicle to finding comfort. If you need comfort in a situation, you're hurting, you know somebody that's hurting and needs comfort, and you need to speak a word of comfort, you know what the source of that is? Coming back to his word and finding comfort like nobody else can do. Now, there are some things you can say on your own. You can find a card. You can buy a gift. You can do flowers. You can do all that. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but there's nothing that brings comfort like the word of God. And it blows me away. As I say, I've, I've, uh, I've been doing this pastor thing for, for 20, long time. 25, 30 years or so. And I, I continue to be amazed. I don't know why it amazes me, but I continue to be amazed at, at the takeaway <clears throat> from sowing the Word of God into a situation, whether it's, whether it's you know, one-on-one with somebody at lunch or whether it's, whether it's in, in, a, in a hospital room or whether it's in a, in a home after somebody's passed away or whatever. I continue to be blown away by just letting the Word of God have its place and sitting back and watching God do something with it. And it brings great comfort to folks that are hurting. And, it's, and it is God who does that. You know why he does it? Because he's always faithful to his word. He's promised to use it <clears throat> in that way. 
So it's easier to express joy. The, the more we understand it, it's easier to find comfort. Here's a great third benefit. It's easier to know what and how to pray when we find ourselves in Scripture. Because when you're at a loss for what to pray, I'm going to tell you, if you start praying Scripture back to God, He's going to honor that time after time after time after time. He will never dishonor His Word. He will always honor it. He's promised to. And so when we find ourselves thinking, you know, I need to pray, and I need to pray to God about this, but I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray. Open the Psalms and just start praying Scripture back to God, and you'll, you'll find Him start to intercede and do things miraculously through and with your prayer life that He's never done before. Uh, it's, it's a great vehicle to knowing what and how to pray, and the Spirit will give you, as, as He's promised to do, what to say in the moment. It's, it's also, fourthly, a great prescription for pain, for hurt, for sorrow, for a hard place. Scripture is a great, it's like no other prescription for that. Um, I, I was talking with a friend just this past week about how much uh, crime is related to drug issues. And in fact, painkillers for the most part, pills. And uh, the estimate is that between 80 and 85% of all crime is drug related. And about 70% of that drug related crime is pain pills, is prescription medications. Our world is looking for something to numb and heal the hurts. You don't believe that? Look at the drug problem. It's rampant. It's, it's, I'm going to tell you, somebody you know, so each one of us in this room knows somebody who has a problem with that. You may not know they have a problem, but they do. <laughs> That's how rampant it is. One in five Tennesseans, in fact, have, have uh, issues with, with drugs. So people are hurting and are searching for something to numb the pain, something to give answers, and here it is. <laughs> Nothing brings comfort like this. Nothing bring answers, brings answers like this. Nothing reveals like this. Nothing exposes like this. And, it, and, and it, it's the cure for pain, for hurt, for sorrow, uh, for, for loss. It, it, it is a cure like none other. So our study of his word should be a lifestyle. It should be something that we're, we don't have to conjure up. and doesn't just happen on Sundays. In fact, my goal for you and my heart's desire for you is that Sunday becomes the icing on an already pretty good cake. You got a pretty substantive cake on your own, and you come you come on Sundays to get some icing to spread on it to where God starts to oh yeah now this is really good the icing sweetens it up a little bit, but if if you're on a daily diet on a regular regimen of looking into God's Word and if you if you if you never started that, some of these tools that I've told you about are great vehicles for that to help you get started. But if you never started that, I want to encourage you to start that to where you you get your nose in this book every day, even if it's for five minutes. You're reading 10 verses and close it up and go, I'm going to tell you, God will start to use that in ways in your I promise you, will start to use that in ways in your life that will develop a hunger like none other for spiritual things and for God to come through and reveal himself to you like you've never seen it before. Um, here's a great resource for you I want to point out as it relates to study. And uh, the individual's name is Howard Hendricks. Uh, th- there, are, there are two real theologians that I have great stock in. Howard Hendricks is one of them. He's, he's extremely solid, and the great thing about Hendricks is he's practical. So many theologians will speak over your head, sometimes intentionally, to, to get you to know how smart they are and how much they've studied. Hendricks is such a practical teacher, a practical writer. He writes in, in very applicable ways where everybody can get it, can under, understand A kid can get it and understand it. And the best resource I've found for his materials is, is discipleshiplibrary.com. And, and there, there are, uh, and you can't scroll down, this is just a screenshot, but on this home screen, if you'll scroll down, there are PDF files and sometimes entire books of Hendricks that are available at this site. They, they, they are there by topic. They are there by passage. They are there by series. They are there categorized in a number of ways for you. But he is a, he is a very astute and solid theologian. 
If you're looking for a deeper insight into what Scripture means and how I should take this away, and take the, I'm going to tell you, Hendricks is a solid guy you can depend on. And I, I, I have every confidence that whatever you read from him is going to be good counsel and solid counsel for you. Um, he's, uh, as I say, uh, Discipleship Library is, is, is the resource itself, but Howard Hendricks is the person's name, and he's, he's rock solid. And as, and as I said a moment ago, very applicable, extremely practical in, in how he breaks down the Scripture and, and make the difficult look really simple. He's really good at that. I wish I was as good at it as he is. So um, he's, he's a great resource for that. Now, our study of his word should be a lifestyle, but secondly, our study will give us perspective. Our study of his word will always give us a perspective that we don't have. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15 say this. Keep reminding him, them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Present yourself as God as one approved, he says, a workman, a workman going about the, the search of Scripture, the study of Scripture in a workmanlike fashion. Now, what's a workman look like? Well, a workman, um, James Taylor's got a great song called Millworker. And it describes the repetition of work, how I'm, I'm showing up at the mill, I'm showing up at the plant, and I'm, doing, and I'm good at this because I'm doing it every day. And that's one of the things a workman does is, is he's repetitious. There, there's, there's patterns by which we workmanly go about the things that we do. Another, another great benefit of, of workmen is their focus. Remember last week we looked in, in Joshua chapter 1 how the, 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 person, the, the person who studies the word of the God will never move to the right or to the left. They'll always stay on track. They'll always stay focused. We won't be easily dissuaded over here, easily tempted over here. Our minds will we, we, we'll walk through life with a sense of spiritual blinders on when we have our, our, our time and our attention focused in his word. A workman's focused like that. They're, they're focused on what the task is, and I, do, I may do just one thing, but I do just one thing every day, and I do it extremely well because I'm just doing this one thing. So there's intense focus there. Um, there is also some skill there, and this, the, 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 the skill comes as a part of practicing the craft. The skill comes as a part of repetition. The, the, the skill comes with, if, you know, I do, if I put together widgets all day long, Usually in a week or two, I'm going to be pretty good widget put putter together because I've been doing that a while. I'm, I'm, I've been at it. And so the more, we, the more we stay at a craft, the more skill we stay at a, the more we stay at a craft, the more skilled we become at it. And so I'm going to tell you, given some of the tools that I've given you this morning, and another one I'm going to give you in a minute, if you'll stay at it, God will start to reveal some things to you and will start to open up a part of Scripture to you that, that this, you know, it, the book will become more and more and more amazing to you the more you look at it and the more you search and the more you study it, the more you're going to find. You, you're going to be like me sometimes as I'm looking at this, you know, studying to find something to deliver to you guys on Sunday. Sometimes I'll, I'll read something and my only takeaway is, whew, that's cool stuff. And, I, and, and, and as you do that, God will continue to blow your mind. I mean, he will spiritually just blow your mind with his goodness with the depth of his word and how it's relevant to every situation in life, regardless of where we are or where we find ourselves. So, does that look like your approach to Scripture? Does your approach to Scripture look like a workman? Does it look like I'm consistent, I'm focused, I'm skilled? I'm repetitious, I'm in there, I'm, I'm zoned in, and I've, I've, I've mastered this craft somewhat. Well, it's okay if it doesn't. 
But if it does, here, stay on track. Don't move to the right or left. If it doesn't, I want to encourage you to start to start to gain more repetition. Start to, and, and you're, you're initially, I'm going to tell you, the enemy's going to say, why are you spending time with this? You don't understand that. You don't get this. You don't get this. There's deeper truth here. And you're, you just don't have the mental acuity enough to be able to glean this. What are you wasting your time? That's exactly what, because he told me the same thing. And I'm going to tell you, the more you do that, the more ammo you have to say, no, God said his word would never return void. Move away from me, Satan. Be gone with you. And I'm going to tell you, the more scripture you spout at him in, 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 in those moments of temptation, in those moments of frustration, in those moments of lack of understanding, I'm going to tell you where that comes from. It comes from the enemy. He doesn't want your nose in this book. The Lord does. And so there's going to be spiritual warfare like none other when you get serious about the word. There's going to be spiritual warfare because he's coming after you. He doesn't want your nose in it. He knows the results of it. It starts to come through the cracks of your conversation. It starts to weep its way through, through its your 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 you know uh, uh, water cooler and your lunchtime and your your bank and your grocery store and it starts to find its way into your life and he knows that and so he's going to do everything in, in his power to come against that, but it gives it gives us a perspective uh, like none other and this church that he's talking to, the, the churches here he, Paul's writing to young Timothy. They'd lost perspective. See what he says in verse 14. Keep reminding him of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. He said, you're missing it. You're, you're, you're focused on the wrong things. Don't get, don't get to the sense of you're quarreling about words and where every T is crossed and every I is dotted. You're talking about things that don't matter. Look at the bedrock principles of Scripture. Get your nose back in this book where you understand the principle of what he's talking about. And not the legality of, of staying true to this or staying true to that, or I'm a sinner because I've, I've, I've messed up on this one sin, or I'm a. Yes, we're all sinners. We've all messed up on sin. So he's saying there, there aren't degrees of this, and you find yourself, you can get, up, get, get to talking with, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible, but I'm better than her. And I'm not really good, but I look better than him. And he said that these are they're petty things. He said, get, if you get your nose back in this book, you'll be able to, a workman, you'll be able to, to, to study, to, so, to show yourself approved, a workman. Who, who handles accurately, in other words, who delivers correctly and appropriately the Word of God in every situation. If you want to be that way, we've got to find ourselves uh, more consistent in His Word and, and sticking our nose in this book to where we're, we're not leaving until we find something. And I've, I've done that before, uh, perhaps some of you have as well. When, when in my own reading time, I'll open the Scripture up, and, some, and I'm going to tell you sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's kind of one of these things. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain. Whoa, that's pretty cool stuff. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders, I've built houses. I know exactly what that means, and I know what vain labor is. And so as, as I find myself, the more I find myself saying, God, I'm not, I'm not moving until you give me something. You know what he does? He gives me something. And he'll do that same thing for you too every time if we'll find ourselves searching and studying, studying the Scripture in a diligent way. Just as these early believers had lost perspective, and young Paul's writing to Timothy to say, they need some perspective. You need to give them that, and the Scripture is the perspective they need. Our culture our culture is looking for so much definition and doesn't even know it. It's looking for perspective and doesn't even realize it. Thinks it's, I'm going to tell you, most of the culture thinks they're smarter than you and I today. But you know what we know? You and I know that the answers to every situation in life are found in this book and in the God of this book in relationship with him. We know that. You and I who know Christ is our Savior, we have the answers that they don't have, that they're still searching for and think they know. The sad part is um, many of them are closed to the gospel because of their perceptions about, 
about it and their perceptions about it are there because of sometimes how we've handled ourselves in the past and, and have thumped the scripture over people's heads instead of leaving it in front of them. Instead of loving them to Christ, we've, we've, we've uh, judged them to, cry, uh, to away from Christ, sadly. And perspective is incredibly important. And it will, the more we're in this book, the greater perspective we'll have because we're going to, uh, Michael and I had a conversation last week about having a hunger to pray for lost people like Paul prayed for them. You know why we don't do that? Because we're not here. If we come back to here, we're going to see the value of the gospel and the fact that it changes people's lives. It changes their eternity. It changes how they parent. It changes what they do with money. It changes their marriage. The gospel changes everything in somebody's life. And so if I have a lost friend, if I have a lost family member, a lost loved one, and I'm not praying for them urgently and diligently, knowing what the gospel has done to me, why would I not want them to want that? Why would I not pray that for them? Why would I not be, be burdened with that in, in a continual way? Well, get back to the scripture, it gives us that kind of perspective. It, it will take us back to those places where we need to be. It is, it is, it brings cultural perspective like nothing else can, and our culture desperately, desperately needs it. Doesn't, doesn't even know it, but desperately needs to hear it and see it. Um, there needs to be some standards, and there are, and it's here, and we know them. We just need to start living them in ways that, that where our culture sees them and realizes there's a different way. There's a different mode, and I can get it, and I can understand it, but it's found in the person of Jesus and found in the message of his word. Let me give you this uh, final resource here. It's uh, through the Bible, ttb.org is the, uh, is the website. Um, and through the Bible is the, is the umbrella ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee. And he is, in my view, uh, perhaps probably the greatest or one of the greatest theologians that I've ever known or read after He's got an insight into Scripture that's keen, that's like none other. Um, if you want to get below the surface in God's Word, and you want to get a shovel, you want to start digging deeper, you want to stop drinking milk and start cutting meat, here's the guy to go to. Um, now, he, there, he has, there are several resources available at, at, through, the Bible, uh, through the Bible's website. There are, his full commentaries are available there as well online, or you can purchase those on, and, and get them on disk by mail. Uh, and I, I encourage you that if you're looking for some, some greater insight into Scripture, and, and, and Jay Vernon's very practical as well, but I'm going to tell you, this dude cuts meat every time he, every time he breaks down the Word. You're going you're gonna to have a takeaway that's, <laughs> and that's, that's some deep stuff there. And, and he, he's just that kind of guy and has a, as I say, has a, has a great love for God's Word and a keen insight into Scripture. Uh, and I, you, 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 if you're looking for, for a bite of something to chew on, you'll get it. J. Vernon, I guarantee you that. And there are great resources there as well at, at ttb.org. Um, he'll, he'll give you some meat. Now, giving you some tools, we've talked about searching the Scripture and studying His Word, and boy, we just scratched the surface of this. I mean, I, uh, if, if, you're, if you're starting to get that, I'm, I get excited when people start talking about the Scripture. We, if, if I felt like you could take it, I'd do this series for about three years. There's, there's that much. There's that much to be shared. I don't know that you can take it. I don't know that I could take it. It'd probably blow me away. Anyway, but I'm excited about where else we're going after this too for, in, in this next series. But uh, fall in love with this book. I mean, it will it will it will give you solutions and answer questions in your life like no other thing can. And um, if it's your go-to source, I'm gonna tell you, you will never, ever, ever, ever be disappointed if it's your go-to source. God will meet that need every time. So, 
question here as we close, and, and I, I, don't, I don't ask this question in judgment, just to probe your mind and to probe your heart, and that's this. Which do you know more about? Which do you know more about? Popular culture? Your vocation, what you do for a living? The prescription medication that you take? <laughs> your Facebook friends? Which do you know more about? Those things or the Word of God? Which do you know more about? Sadly, most of our culture is pretty good at those other things. In fact, sadly, most Christians are pretty good at those other things. We know more about those things than we know about the Word of God. And I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you the truth this morning. That's shameful. It's shameful. And it's just wrong. And we need to find ourselves in a more, in a more diligent way of our faith the need for it to be fed and our hunger to be fed and the thirst to be, be quenched, we need to find ourselves falling in love with Scripture all over again. There's a point at which it reached us and ministered to us because somebody told us the gospel. You know where the gospel came from? This book. Somebody shared the gospel with us when we came to Christ. And it was, it was neat for us and it was rich for us at one time. And perhaps that's true of you. And the question is, what happened? What happened? Who moved? Did you move? Did God move? Did the scripture move away from you? What happened? And I wonder how we can recapture that. I'm going to tell you we recapture it spiritually. It's, it's not a, we don't recapture it academically. Now it's, it's great if you're an academic and you're a deep thinker. And I'm not one. I wish I was, but I, I'm, I'm not an academic guy. I'm just real practical. And if you're an academic, I'm going to tell you it will feed your academic hunger like nothing else can. But this is a spiritual book. And the spirit will use it to change your heart and to change your mind and to and as I said a minute ago, blow you away with some things. And you thought, wow, now I'm starting to connect the dots on what's happening in the Middle East. Now I'm starting to connect the dots on what, what happened last week about this conversation because I see that God ordains every moment, every conversation. Now, and when you start to realize that's what this means and all this, it's, it's all sourced here? This is the original? Yeah. Okay, then I need to get back here to find out what all this is making sense. I can make sense of more when I do that. So if you know more about pop culture and your Facebook friends and your, your prescription medication and all this, you know about the Word of God, something needs to change in that equation. And what needs to change is, is we need to find ourselves more diligent intentionally. And as I say, at first it's probably going to be, it's going to look like a habit rather than a hunger. But the habit will eventually turn into a hunger. If you'll start the habit, the Spirit will feed that habit and feed that hunger to where you'll I gotta get back to I gotta I gotta eat some more. I gotta drink some more. I gotta get back to, to or I'm spiritually anemic. Um, everything else beside this book, I'm gonna tell you, will let you down. It never will. Everything else, job, even a great marriage, will eventually drain you. This book never will. It never will. It will always sustain. It will always come through every time. And I promise you that. I challenge you to disprove me on it. Uh, knowing that. Where I've walked and what I've seen, you will walk, you'll see as well, and it'll feed the hunger. Um, next week is our, is our final week in this series. It's a book to be shared, and I'm going to give you some tools as well how to do that, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy